Hey, welcome in to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast, Thursday edition. Patrick Allen here with you as always. And with me today is our pal, Matt Verran from Sports Illustrated. How you doing, Matt? Good. How are you? I'm okay, man. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to what is becoming increasingly more and more of a strange NFL Week 18. I feel like this is something that even with the expanded schedule, it's almost even more weird than it was back when it was Week 17. Um you get some teams who are in it, some teams who have nothing to play for, people playing for their job. It's just complete chaos. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of a week that I don't know how much you care if you're a Chiefs fan beyond just, you know, listen, you find out who you're playing in the wild card round, which is exciting. But I think that's really what it is at this point, right? I mean, like, I know the title is just like Chiefs versus Chargers preview. I- I'll- I'm going to give it away here. The game's going to suck because nobody's <laughs> going to play. Um. I mean, hell, I think the Chiefs are more interested in games going on outside of our oh, – actually, outside of SoFi, excuse me. Um, you know, Miami and Buffalo, uh, the games on Saturday, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Houston, Indy. I mean, those are the games. You really you – know, Jacksonville, Tennessee, those are the games that matter. The Chiefs game yeah. – I mean, hey, listen, you know, it's a Chiefs game. You, you watch it, but I don't know that anybody's too uh, too excited about it going, hey, this is a, this is a big one. I mean, it's, you know, it's not <laughs> – there's some things to watch for, and we'll get into that, um, particularly some backups. Think of it like a preseason game. We're going to get into all of that. We got a quick bit of business, a little ad read really quickly for FanDuel Sportsbook. Uh, Chiefs fans, if you haven't downloaded the FanDuel Sportsbook yet, you're definitely going to want to take advantage of this limited time offer. After signing up, new users must deposit $10 and place a first wager of $5 on any active line. Even if your first bet loses, you will still receive $150 in bonus bets. This promo will be automatically added to your account when you sign up through our link, bit.ly slash arrow 150. Super easy link for you to follow. Bit.ly slash A-R-R-O-W-150. Using our link not only gets you the fantastic bonus, but it will also directly support the Arrowhead Attic team. So if you haven't signed up for FanDuel, Make sure you do so by scanning the QR code on the screen if you're watching or clicking the link in the description below where you get this podcast. That's bit.ly forward slash arrow 150. This offer is available to new customers who are 21 and only present in a legal gamble. Remember to always gamble responsibly. Check out the episode description for our sign up link and the full terms of the offer. Really appreciate your support on that team. Okay. Um, so, Verderam, a few things to get to. We're going to talk about the game, a few news items to start us off. The Pro Bowl, which is almost as meaningful these days as week 18, rosters were announced. Um, it's a nice accolade to sort of be named to the Pro Bowl. There's not even really a game anymore. It's like a skills competition. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you think that's just just overall in the format? Do you think that's better now that it's not sort of like this this game where nobody wants to get hurt. They don't want to. And it's just like a complete dog and pony show. I think they should just stop playing it in any way, shape or form. Just name guys and be done with it. Yeah. Um, I also think we're really almost to the point. They should just stop naming guys and just really be done with it. Because I mean, look, we saw last year, like Tyler Huntley made it to the pro bowl. He had two right. touchdown passes. I, that, I mean, that's where we're at with the pro bowl. Like, I wouldn't get too worked up about a lot of these guys who got snubbed. They're going to probably end up being there anyway. 
because half the guys who actually made it aren't going to show up. So they're going to just name a million guys. Now, you know, like with the Chiefs, look, the obvious one is Snead. That's just egregious. But I'm not surprised. I figured he wouldn't make it. I mean, Jalen Ramsey made it. How many games has Jalen Ramsey played this year? Eight? Nine? Yeah. Whatever it is. I mean, it's it's insane. But Jalen Ramsey made it because he is a very good player, but he also has a big name. Um, and, you know, so you get guys who miss. who sh- And there's guys all over the league like that. Quincy Williams of the Jets has been awesome this year. Awesome as a linebacker. He's not on the team. He's like the fifth alternate. You know, Nick Bolton's a first alternate. Nick Bolton is half the year. He shouldn't even, even sniff a Pro Bowl. Nick Bolton's a good player. He shouldn't sniff the Pro Bowl this year. Drew Tranquil's got a better argument as a Pro Bowler this year than Nick Bolton does. So, yeah. I mean, I, look, it's frustrating if you're a fan and you're like, this guy should have made it and that guy should have made it and everything else. But, like, the reality is it's a, it's a popularity contest. And, you know, like Creed Humphrey's lucky. And, now, Creed Humphrey deserved to make it. But my point is, like, even if he had somewhat of a down year, he's still going to make it because he now gets in. He gets the votes, right? So he's just going to go year after year after year. And for an offensive lineman where there's not stats, like that's a big thing. Like for his Hall of Fame candidacy down the road, that's a really, really, really important thing. Whereas like, some guys, I don't know that it matters. All pro matters far more than Pro Bowl does. Yeah, and I mean, I like the, the idea of the Pro Bowl in a way of – recognizing really good players who had a really great year because making an all pro team is so exclusive Yep, that you could have a really great season, maybe not all pro in it. It's a nice way to recognize that year, particularly for guys who just are never going to be at that level to, to make an all pro team. But there's this, I guess there's still a big heavy fan voting element to this, right? Which just messes everything up because fans or like normal people, they only got so much time in their lives. They don't have time. If you're a if you're a Seahawks fan, you don't have a ton of time to be watching the Chiefs to try to figure out who you should vote for in the AFC ballot for Pro Bowl left guard, right? Like it's, it's so that's it, it, there's an inherent because I don't want to say stupidity. I think back in the day, it was maybe a little bit more interesting, but they could put um, they could put Warren Moon on the on the list, and he would get voted in because people would be like, "Oh, I know that Warren Moon," yeah. you know, and he's he's retired. <laughs> so I mean, I, yeah. The, but see, this is where, like, to me, this is where it becomes unserious. Like, if you're a fan, you're not voting for the best players; you're voting for your players, right? That's what you're voting for. You're voting for your yeah. guys. You don't you don't give a damn about some other guy not making it. You're like, hey, we're all going to vote in our guys. I mean, like, look, and I know I know some people on here won't love this. Couple of years ago, well, now it's almost like ten years ago. Royals fans, to their credit, just besieged the ballot box for the All Star game, and like every single starter except for one or something was a Royal. I mean, nobody going to Kaufman was like, "Hey, we got to make sure we get the best guys in." They're like, "Hey, you know, it would be great, Omar and Fonte. That'd be great." Like, and that's fine. You're a fan of the team. If if, if the leagues are going to let you vote in guys, that's what's going to happen. It's kind of like that nonsense the NFL puts out over that top 100 list. And they, yeah. they show some of the ballots and like 15 guys are from this, the, the player that, you know, voted for him. They're like, hey, yeah, all my teammates are tw- you know, top 20. They're like, bro, you went 5 and 12. Like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure you maybe don't even have one guy in there, let alone 15 of you. If you really want it to be serious, stop letting fans vote. Don't let players vote because they're going to vote for their buddies. Have coaches and executives vote. 
and tell them you're not allowed to vote for your own guy. You have to vote for people that are not on your team. That would be the or let the writers do it as, as you, know, you see with the all pro teams and, and the Hall of Fame teams. I mean, that that's a or Hall of Fame classes. That's how they get in. If you're letting fans vote, it's an unserious situation because they're not going to vote with their, you know, with their analytical mind. And they shouldn't. They're going to vote for their team. And that's how it's going to be. Yeah. And and look, there's no perfect system. You have people have gripes about the Hall of Fame votes, right? But I do think it's a little bit better when the journalists are doing it. This is their job to cover the league, to be serious. Well, not everybody, but most try to be serious, right? And they take it, they take it as a responsibility. They take it seriously. I know if you were ever to 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 land a Hall of Fame vote, I know you would take it extremely seriously and not just phone it in. You do get a, a clown every once in a while who will engage in clown behavior. But I, I think that would be the way to go. I'd like to see some changes. But look, yes, Sneed was snubbed. He's been absolutely unbelievable this year. If you're if you're just looking for the update, you're listening to this podcast, it was um it was Creed Humphrey, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Tooney, Travis Kelsey, and Chris Jones made the team. Really no surprises there on the name recognition stuff. Um, and the the Chiefs had five alternates. Legereus Sneed, Isaiah Pacheco, Nick Bolton, Willie Gay Jr., and Trey Smith. But what on this note, Drew Tranquil, who's a guy who was a foe for Chiefs fans for a few years there, and has come in and really, I think, made an impression uh, with his play. Off the field, though, he went to bat for his his teammate, Legereus Sneed. And I just wanted to get your take on on how Drew Tranquil is cementing himself as, as a Chief now more so than a charger. He said, Legereus Sneed not making the Pro Bowl is an absolute joke. You can't possibly watch the tape and tell me this man is in a top four corner in the AFC. Just ask Tyreek Hill, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, A.J. Brown, Devontae Adams, Keenan Allen, and the rest of the Pro Bowl wide receivers. Pretty strong words coming from Tranquil. Yeah. Well, he's right. I mean, he's right. Like, it, I'm not going to sit here and get worked up about the Pro Bowl. It's a joke. Everybody knows it's a joke. Okay, but like it's I mean it's ridiculous. It's an embarrassment. Well, Jerry Sneed's not on that team. I mean, he's he is to my eye, at minimum top three corner in the NFL this year. He might be the best. Now, that doesn't mean he is the best corner in the league, but like this year, he's played like that. So you want to argue whether or not it's Sauce Gardner, you know, whatever. But like Jalen Ramsey getting in over him is insane. That's insane. Because played half the year. Yeah. Why don't you let Burrow get in? Why isn't Burrow a Pro Bowler? Right. I mean, I, I honestly, by that criteria, he should be a Pro yeah. Bowler. Yeah. So that's that's where I have issue. But look, every fan base this morning is sitting there complaining about somebody. Josh Allen didn't get in for the Bills. It's not a Pro Bowler. Yeah. Now I'm not saying he even should be, but he's not. You know, Bills fans are irate about that. Uh, you know, Quincy Williams I mentioned earlier for the Jets, he should be. He's not. Um, yeah, there's a lot of guys. There's a lot of guys you could sit there and point to, but you know, that's the way it is, and that's the way it's been for a long time now. Does it uh does it as a Chiefs fan, does that does it does a tweet like that, even though you don't really care about the Pro Bowl, does that jack up uh Drew Tranquil in your Chiefs Chiefs favorite power rankings a little bit? Uh I mean, sure, why not? Yeah, I I think it's good to take up for your teammates, but again, I don't. I I don't know. Maybe I'm a little different with this stuff. I just don't really care. Like to me, um, I feel bad for Lejarius. You know, if he had a bonus tied to it, 
Um, I feel bad for him that he can't sit there and say, hey, I'm a pro bowler. He, he damn well deserves to say it. And I really hope he gets to say he's an all pro. But who knows? Yeah. Who knows with this stuff? It's just weird, and it shouldn't be the way it is. It really shouldn't be, but it is. A lot of it is just people vote, and they look at it and go, oh, this guy gets in every year, so this guy. I mean, listen, I'm not trying to knock the guy. How many years did Frank Clark make it to the Pro Bowl as a chief? You were like, what? I mean, yeah. Orlando Brown? You're like, my God, he was the fourth best lineman on the team. You make the, right. you make the Pro Bowl, you like, what? and then, like, Mitchell Schwartz couldn't make it. Right. You know, it's just – it's. It's dumb, but it is the way it is. I really do believe, like, if if Jason Kelsey retires, you know, this off season, if they were to put him on the ballot, like, and then count all the votes outside of Philly, I, I think he'd be the leading vote getter. That's that's how like that's how you know legitimate this thing is. Um, but you're right on Legarius. Absolutely incredible season from him. Just doesn't have the name recognition to get the Pro Bowl vote. Speaking of awards, Harrison Bucker. Named special teams player of the week for his field goal bonanza against the the Bengals. He has one miss this year. He said it wasn't because of the the balls weren't inflated properly, but you never know. It still might have impacted the kick a little bit. What's your take on how good Butker's been for the Chiefs this year after you know kind of a rocky season with injuries? It's been unbelievable. I mean, has he missed one extra point this year? I don't think so. No, he has, right? Just one kick. He's just missed one kick, I think. He's missed two field goals. But oh, was he missed two? What did he miss? He missed uh, one in New England, and he missed uh, – oh, when the hell is the other one? He just missed it. Against, against the, the Raiders? Raiders? The Raiders. Raiders, that's right, yeah. Uh, he has not missed an extra point this year. He's not missed one. So, uh, no, he's he's brilliant. And now listen, I mean, he's 31 of 33 on field goals and 37 of 37 – uh, on extra points, and Tucker is 31 of 36 on field goals, and he's 50 of 51 on extra points. But again, like there's an example. Like, look, Justin Tucker's the better kicker. Harrison Bucker's had a better year. He should be the all. He should be Pro Bowl. He should be, but he's not because Justin Tucker exists now. You know, like Butker has never made a Pro Bowl ever. If he was in the NFC, he'd probably be a five-six time Pro Bowler. But yeah. He's in the wrong damn conference. I mean, it's just – it's the way it is with him. I mean, Butker for his career is at 89% on field goals. 89 – that is an insane rate. 89%. By the way, if you're like, well, Tucker. Tucker's at 90. Like, it's not that big of a gap. It's insane. And, and Harrison had an injury that, like, really put him out of whack for, like, a season. Right. He was terrible at uh, by his standards, although in the playoffs he was money in the bank. But, yes, I mean, the last two years, Tucker has been not great, like 86%, 81%. Every other year other than last year for Butker, the worst he's been is 88.9%. By the way, one stat that just cracks me up because it's ridiculous. So this year he's got 37 extra point attempts. You want to take a guess in 2018 without looking how many extra point attempts he had? Last year? 2018, Mahomes' his first year as a starter. How many extra point attempts? His 37 this year for reference. Oh, 65? 69. 69? <laughs> I mean, just yeah. a comical situation. Now, the rest of the year is he hasn't had any more than 54 in 2020 at 54. But, like, that is just – the funny thing is now – Last year, he missed a month. He still had more than this year. He had 41. 
Yeah, so, it's a little depressing. It's not great. But um, he's oddly missed like a decent amount of extra points in his career. But at field goals, 89%. And, and one of the crazy stats with him, and I don't, I'm not going to sit here and do all the math right now, in his career, his entire career, from 50 yards plus, he's 28 of 40. Like, so what is it? What's 40, if I do basically, it's 70%. If he lines up for a kick over 50 yards, he's got a 70% shot of hitting it. It's pretty good. Not bad. What's his what's his uh what's his over 60? Doesn't list it here. Does not he only list it here. It's his 50 plus. And Tucker yeah. is 58 of 85. So I don't I'm again, I'm not concerned with the math, but I would assume that's pretty similar to about 70%. Um but that's just that is an outrageous number. Like to be that good, he's also never missed a field goal in his career under 30 yards, ever. Um yeah, not bad. Not bad. Like that, like Butker is one of the rare guys. I don't think he's ever going to make the Hall of Fame because he's a kicker. If they win like five Super Bowls with him, like there's actually a case like he should he should go to the Hall of Fame. He like really should. I really could make that case. And, and I don't know if he ever makes a Pro Bowl and he might be able to have that case. It's nuts. He'd have to kick for a long time and he'd have to, yeah. to make a lot of big, big kicks. I think that's – and he has. He's made big kicks for – the Chiefs, and I feel like, but I don't feel like they're the kind of kicks like the Vinatieri kicks, where everybody knows it was this ridiculous kick. But if you're a Chiefs fan, you know how many clutch kicks he's made for this team. I feel like he's got a pretty good amount now, man. Like he won, he had a game-winning field goal in the Super Bowl. He's he had one against the Bengals in the AFC title game. He tied the game on a 48-yarder in the final seconds against Buffalo in that 13 seconds game. Yeah. The following week, even though they lost, he kicked that field goal to send them to overtime against us. I mean, he has had he's had a lot of big kicks in his career. Like a lot of them. And he he doesn't miss them. He hits them. Like he's yeah. again, like it's so hard to go in as a Hall of Famer, as a kicker. I mean, it's just so I mean, you're talking literally you know, Vinatieri, Stenerud. Um, I mean, Groves is him, but he's not like he also played other positions. Bland, the same thing. Um Morton Anderson is in, but like you're, I mean, you have you know, Tucker will get in. You're talking the elite of the elite, but Bucker, like if they win four Super Bowls, this guy is their kicker, and he, and he kicks for another ten years. He's, by the way, Vinatieri, want to guess how many Pro Bowls he made in his career? Zero, three, three. Not many. It's not like he was racking yeah. up fifteen of them. Yeah, Morton Anderson's still kicking in the league. By the way, he's he's still out there, single bar face mask. Morton Anderson was. Uh, my God, man. And that guy, it, he kicked for 26 years. Yeah. He he was the all he's all decade team, 80s and 90s. And he was a seven-time Pro Bowl. By the way, the best kicker probably in Chiefs history. Well, I guess you'd have to say, obviously, Stenner. But I, I was going to say Nick Lowry, three-time Pro Bowler. Like, and he kicked for yeah. kicked forever. And that guy, I mean, you're talking a guy who kicked for – 18 years like he kicked for a long time he three pro but just hardest kicker only one spot i want to talk a little bit about travis kelsey's comments uh, uh from new heights this okay. week um talking about the offense in the game against the Bengals. Uh, i'm gonna read his quote so long bear with me uh this was a fun game to be a part of it's the first game i've had in a while where the energy felt right on the sideline the excitement for everybody's success not just 
not just out there trying to do your job. The guys were making plays. Guys were comfortable out there. We had a really good week of preparation. Speaking of the offensive side, knowing that our defense played their asses off again. Offensively, it felt like we caught a rhythm there, and it kind of started with the offensive line. Those guys came together and made a statement that they were going to control the line of scrimmage. Sure enough, Isaiah Pacheco, 100-plus yards and a touchdown. The wide receivers getting dirty inside the hashes and getting some big blocks. It was a fun game to be a part of because everybody rallied together to prove that we can do this with the guys we've got in the locker room. So I know if you're a Chiefs fan, you probably didn't watch that game and feel like, ah, the offense is fixed. They're back because they didn't score the touchdowns. Right. But they moved the ball a lot. Verderham, do you think that the Chiefs have a chance to rally behind the – I can't believe we're saying this about them – but the nobody believes in us card, all the criticism that they face from the outside about the receiver drops, the offense in general, is that enough to help them get focused? And can they utilize that to actually go on a little run here? I think it's a – trying to think of the right way to put this. I think it is a powerful tool to have because I actually think, for one, they kind of have that. The, like who the hell's picking them to go to the Super Bowl right now? Right. Not not that people are like, hey, you know, they have no shot, but they're certainly not the favorite. And they don't deserve to be the favorite. They haven't played like favorite. Um, I just and, and we talked about Seth the game. Like that offense still needs to get better. They kick six field goals, as, as Phantom points out in the chat. He's right. Like they kick six field goals. Um they scored one touchdown. That being said, I I just felt like watching them. That was the first time in months that it looked like, hey, we actually have something going. Like, they were moving the ball to purpose. And I know you could say, well, they got a lot of yards against New England. Yeah, I know. But they still, excuse the language, they play like shit. I mean, let's be honest. They still fumbled the ball like crazy. And, and, and Mahomes threw two picks. Like, they still looked like crap. They just beat an, an atrocious football team. But, like, they didn't play well in that game. They had a turnover against the Bengals. But they, for the first time, in my opinion, in a while now, they played crisp football for the most part. They were in and out of the huddle. They were lined up where they needed to be. They didn't drop a ton of balls. Not there perfect there either, but they didn't drop that many. They didn't have one pre-snap penalty. I think that's kind of what Travis is alluding to. Like, there was some purpose in that offense. They played with some fire. They had, And I also think, look, he didn't say this. I don't want to put words in the man's mouth. I think, I, I think I'd be right in saying this. Part of it was probably the way they were getting their yards, too. Like some down-the-field shots, moving the ball. They weren't just dinking and dunking. And every time they had it, you know, it was like third and five, third and four, third and seven. Like, they they did some of that. They moved the ball in chunks in a way they haven't all year long, quite honestly. So I do think for him, that probably felt good. They probably felt like, hey, like we can do this to some degree. And we talked about it last week. I think they're going to have to. If they're going to win the Super Bowl, teams are going to challenge this group to beat them over the top. They're going to. And if and if I'm Mahomes, I'm like, that's great. Let's do it. I mean, now he now they may not be able to because the receivers aren't good enough. But if I'm Mahomes, I'm looking to take that shot with Rice and even with Watson, who's a good deep ball receiver. I'm looking to take that shot with Hardman. I am. They're fast. You know, so I, I think Kelsey just saw what I saw, which was they actually looked 
like a potent offense, even though, yes, there obviously is work to be done. They need to get it in the end zone. I thought they looked, though, like a team that could threaten you, which, frankly, for the last six weeks, they haven't looked like that at all. How do you juxtapose? Because I, like, I loved the fact that they – it seemed like for the first time forever, there were chances for them down the field. And they were there. Uh, the guys were open. Um, how do you juxtapose that with, hey, like probably what this offense needs to do is just take what the defense gives them, get first downs. Like, th- th- I mean, in all honesty, like if they score 21 points in any playoff game, they've got a pretty good chance to win. 24, they're looking really good. They get to 28, they're almost certainly going to win. Yeah. Um, right. But the three touchdown drives is really what they need to get. And some of the times this season, I felt that like it'd be, they need a drive and it'd be like third and four and Mahomes would take a shot. And I'd feel really frustrated as a fan. Cause I'd be like, come on, man, just like, just get the damn first down. Like just get the four yards. We need, we have to get a touchdown. Right. We're, we're not, the offense isn't like it was before where it was just so explosive. So, you know, if you're Andy Reid, how do you balance that, like, mindset to be aggressive and to take the shots when they're there, but also to know the situation and be like, hey, man, we just need a first down right now because we got to get points on this drive. I think you're to the point. You guys got to trust your star quarterback to get back there and make the right decisions. And, and, and God knows you've proven he can do it. Like, I would just say, look, like, we're going to come out and we're going to we're going to have the mindset of we're going after you. And if you're going to sit there and play a single high safety, we're going to throw the ball deep on you. That's it. Like, they have to have that. The, the one thing they've been for a long time, I feel like they've lost at times this year. They've lost that killer mentality on offense where they would mm-hmm. just rip your throat. out. If they had an opportunity to put you in, they did it. You know, look at go look at the Super Bowl last year. That was the best defense in the NFL. They ragdolled them. I mean, that game, I would argue that the second half of that Super Bowl is Andy Reid's best half of football in his career. I mean, they destroyed Philadelphia. That was, to me, what they've been all about for a long time. Just rising to the moment, rising to the challenge, and in concert with the coaching staff, the players just being like, we're going to rip your throat out now. That's how this game's going to end. And they did it. I feel like, and look, it's understandable. There's been less of that this year because, A, the personnel's not as good. B, they haven't had the results. They need to come out with a purpose. In any playoff game they play, I don't care who it's against, Miami, Buffalo, Baltimore, one of these teams in the South, whoever, don't care. You put up a single high safety, they should take that as disrespect, and they should be looking to annihilate these teams over the top. These receivers outside of Rasheed Rice are either limited or not good, depending on who it is. But one thing they pretty much all share, they can run. And if I'm the Chiefs, you know what? I'm going deep. And if we drop the ball, fine. Whatever. Then we're going home. But you're gonna you're gonna lose anyway if they're throwing for four yards a clip and they're dropping the ball. I mean, you might as well just throw it. I yeah. and I also think too, if you do that, it opens up a lot of other stuff. Then it's easier to throw the ball underneath the Kelsey. It's easier to run the ball. You know, people have talked about Kelsey slowing down. I do think part of it is I think he's hurt. And, and I I obviously don't have proof of that, but I think he's just he's been banged up. And he's older, he's 34. It's also part of it. But reality is, like, you don't make his life a lot easier if he wasn't getting double teamed every single play because nobody's worried about getting beat. That was, to me, the biggest thing that came out of that Bengals game is they were just finally willing to be like, fine, 
we're just going to throw it over your head. And Rasheed Rice, who all of his yardage early in the year was on tunnel screens and quick little hitters, now all of a sudden they're throwing intermediate routes to him and they're throwing the ball down the field. That's what needs to change. That's the stuff that that opens up a whole nother way to beat teams and could really make a difference for them in January. They're going to need it. And I think you're right. They do the, they have the guys that can run Watson can, can, can run. They're going to, they're going to have Hardman back. He's got incredible speed. Richard James. This is an offense. Right, yeah. Right. And, and this, Use it. this is an offense that, you know, they had got Demarcus Robinson was torching guys downfield in this offense. Um, now Demarcus Robinson's fast, but like he's, nobody's going to mistake him for, you know, an all world wide receiver. Like, and, but he, was able to produce in key moments in this offense with Patrick Mahomes. And so I, I, I tend to agree with you. I'm a little bit scared of it because uh, before th- they had the ability to get the ball with 13 seconds to go down the field, like, you know, it doesn't feel like this is the kind of group that can do that. Um, but if they don't take the shots, if they're not aggressive, teams are going to bully them. And they have not had an identity – on offense this year uh, other than their identity being like Charlie Brown, basically. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, what we're going to do is we're going to come out and we're going to screw this up. Watch how we do it in painful ways. I think that if they're going to win the Super Bowl, get the Super Bowl, I really think it's going to have to be like, look, you're going to have to put some faith in these receivers and they're going to have to make plays. They don't, then you lose. Okay. That's fine. Then that's how you lose. But the worst way to lose is scared. Scared money doesn't make any money. You got to go for it. You know, anybody who's ever played a hand of poker in their life knows, like, you're not making any money sitting there folding every time. Like, you're just not. You're eventually going to go broke. At some point, like, and look, I, nobody, well, I don't say nobody. I have been critical of MVS. It's just about as much as everybody else has. Okay, I don't want to say I've been more critical. I think I've been as critical. I, I don't care. If he gets some one-on-one look and you know he can beat the guy, you throw the ball. You throw it. And if he drops the ball, then he drops the ball. And blame the coaches for putting him out there and blame him for dropping the ball. But, like, if he's got two yards of separation on some guy, whale it. Let it rip. I mean, you've got to play that way. You can't play scared. Like, if MVS has got some guy beat for what should be a touchdown and you're dumping it off for seven yards to Noah Gray, like, you're losing in a playoff game. You just are. The, the other thing about the deep ball, it, it is a great equalizer with penalties and turnovers because you're not running as many plays to score. Like, if you have a deep ball from the 50 for a touchdown, your drive might be six plays and 70 yards, whereas if if you got to just milk it all the way down the field, now it's 12 plays, 13 plays, more opportunity for stuff to go wrong, which is the deep ball is going to set them free in the playoffs if they're given the opportunity to throw it. And it's slightly less dangerous in that, okay, you know, you might get picked off down there, but it's kind of like with Mahomes' arm, it's it's like a punt if it's a deep enough shot. But the other thing is good things happen to aggressive teams. How many years did we see this with those subpar Chiefs defenses trying to stop Peyton Manning? And it was just like, God oh, damn it. Like it's yeah. pass interference after pass interference after pass interference. Like challenge these guys, make them, first of all, tire them out, make them run down there and, and guard these guys. And then make them make a play on the ball. Just like MBS needs to make a play on the ball and catch it. 
you know, they could have won a game this year because Mahomes took a shot and there was a guy on MVS's back and they didn't throw the flag. Uh, Look, I, by no means am I shilling for a whole lot of MVS in the playoffs. Okay, but like, they're going to play him. They're going to play him. And if you if he's out there and he beats some guy, you got to throw the ball. And if he can't catch the ball, then you know what? Then blame the coaching staff and blame everybody else. But like you can't just play ten on eleven. You can't do that. You cannot play that way. Okay. Now he's a disaster, and he shouldn't be on the field, in my opinion. But he's going to be. It's like Buffalo with Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis has games he does nothing. I mean, the guy's a hood ornament the entire game. But like. If you're Allen, if he gets open, you got to try to throw on the football. I mean, it's just it's just the way it is. Now, Allen obviously has more trust in Gabe Davis, and he should. Then you know Mahomes has an MVS because Davis is better. Ali says the Bills will win the Super Bowl. Well, you know, there's a first time for everything. I, I think you know in reality, there are certain guys on teams quarterbacks don't trust as much, and God knows MVS doesn't earn any of the trust that Mahomes has in him if he has any left. But you at some point have to be willing to just say, if the guy's open down the field, I'm throwing the ball. And against Cincinnati, he did that repeatedly, and it was a huge reason they won the football game. Yeah, I mean, it's not like they're not going to not cover him. They're not just going to be like, yeah, we don't have to cover him. He'll drop it. <laughs> like They're right. still going to put a guy back there. Um, and you're right. They are, as much as I hate to say it, they're going to play him. I mean, we saw it in this in yeah. the Cincinnati game with their scaled down approach, fewer players. And look, maybe it does help. Maybe it does help him get into a rhythm to be out there and get him going. You know, if you're going to use him in the playoffs, I'd try to get the ball to him on an easy catch right away, get his confidence up and then go and then go from there and play your game. Um, but he probably is going to be out there because he's a veteran guy and it's Andy Reed and, and it is what it is. Uh, so hopefully he can have some sort of redemption arc in these playoffs because, you know, it'd be a shame because he was he was terrific for them last year and helped them win a Super Bowl, and now he's public enemy number one a year later. But that's that's how it goes, man. It's a new year, right? You got to produce. Oh, I mean, if they're going to go to the Super Bowl, they, they need some of these guys who have not played well to step up. I mean, let's just be honest about it. Now, do I think they can win a game or two with just kind of featuring Kelsey and Rice and Pacheco? Yeah, sure, sure. I mean, yeah. Do I think they could beat Miami with that, the way Miami's beat up? I do. Do I think they could beat anybody in the AFC South like that? I do. I got to tell you, depending on which Buffalo team shows up, they could go up to Buffalo and beat them like that. Because Buffalo, I mean, sometimes Buffalo looks like a world beater. And other times they need a last-second field goal to beat Easton Stick. Like, I don't know. I mean, if Canarius Tony lines up a foot back, they'd probably beat him in that game. And the Chiefs were awful in that game for most of it. So, like, it's hard to say. Now, I think in Baltimore, the Chiefs are going to need guys to show up on offense that haven't shown up a lot this year. They just are. They're, I mean, Baltimore's got a great defense. Baltimore and Cleveland have defenses unlike anybody else that the Chiefs are going to play in the AFC playoffs. They have a defense like Kansas City's defense, which is a top three, top five unit. Um, yeah. But, you know, anybody else? I mean, look, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not overly confident with the Chiefs because they've been so inconsistent. But could they beat the Dolphins home or away? Sure. Could they beat Buffalo? Yeah, I mean, Buffalo's choked like none other for how many years? I mean, every time the Chiefs play them in a meaningful game, they beat them. You're going to tell me they couldn't go up there and beat them? Bailey Zappi almost just did it. They had four turnovers. I mean, the the, pay, the Pats were basically taking a payoff from the Bills last week. Please beat us. And the Bills are like, that's fine. Our quarterback's going to complete 50% of his throws and have a pick and do everything he can to lose. Like, the Chiefs could go up to Buffalo and get boat raced. The Chiefs could also go to Buffalo and pound them. I wouldn't be shocked by either outcome. 
So it, you know, but I think at some point you're going to need the Tonys of the world, the MVSs of the world, who are, not maybe to have a hundred yards, but to make a couple of big plays in the, in the game. That's coming. Whatever round it is, it's coming. Yeah. And I think when you get to the playoffs, I think it's important. Like every team is a little bit different. Like the Baltimore Ravens are a fan with Lamar Jackson are one of the most successful regular season teams of this era yes. when he's healthy. They're, they're incredible. They win. They often win by a lot. Uh, they smack teams around and then they get to the playoffs and that's where they've struggled. The Chiefs under Mahomes, with the exception of 2018, really, even though they've won a ton of games, they've not been a great regular season team. Like if you just look at the final record, you'd be like, oh, yeah, these guys won a ton of games and they do. But if you're a Chiefs fan, you know that they put put us through the, the you know, the, the ringer almost every week against teams that they should be beating. There was the whole season. There was one whole season where they get out to big leads in the first half of games and then almost blow it in the second half of games. So there's been these ebbs and flows to this team. But when they've gotten to the playoffs, with the exception of the game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the Super Bowl, where they were just outmatched, outmanned, and everything else, this team has always come to play. Um, They've always won or lost by slim margins. So I think if you're an opposing fan, I mean, we have, we have a Bills fan in, in the chat, and you're expecting that the Chiefs – and look, there's a first time for everything. Maybe this is the year where they're just, they're just not that good and they get into playoffs against a team like the Bills or the really Ravens awesome. or the get, get the brake speed off them. But if I was, had to put money on it, I, I, I would say it's going to be a close game. They could go up against any team in the NFL. If it's a playoff game and Andy Reid and this veteran coaching staff and Kelsey and Mahomes and all that, like – I think it's going to be a, a close game. They yeah. might not win, but I think it's going to be close. Listen, listen, you know what? In all sincerity, if you look at the AFC, in my opinion, the Ravens have to be the favorite right now. They just have to be. They've, they've played better than everybody else has. Now, you could talk about that the Ravens, we've seen this movie at times with them, where they do this, and then they get in the playoffs, and it's like, oh, well, right, if we fall behind by a touchdown, we got a major problem. Like, there's truth in that. But they got to be the favorite. After them, if you said to me, who is the most likely team to knock them off, which is, I think, how you should look at this, Kansas City and Buffalo are probably the answer. I mean, it's one of them, right? I mean, I I don't think anybody thinks anybody from the ASU South is knowing it. I don't think after what we saw Miami just do in Baltimore, you're going to, yeah, them, they're they're good enough to do it. Nobody's picking Miami, okay? God knows Pittsburgh's not doing it. So, like, and Joshua says it. That's where I was going to go. Like the Browns are kind of that. Like to me, the Browns are below the Chiefs and the Bills, but they're above the other teams. Like the Browns could do it, you know, and it's a divisional game. So like maybe, but I think if you got the Ravens in an honest moment, said who would you like to avoid? It's probably Buffalo and Kansas City. Those are probably the two teams. And by the way, I think Buffalo is going to beat the Dolphins. And so if they do, that's one, two, and three. Like those three teams. I, I, I did. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I do think the Browns have the best chance to knock off the Ravens if they were to meet. Um, it, it's better team than Buffalo, thing. Kansas City. I do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I, I think th- this is a team that they're familiar with yep. and um, that they've beaten uh, already this season. And I just think it's one of these games where if you're, if you're the Bills or the Chiefs, you're going up against this this Ravens team, and it's a little bit of a surprise. You got to figure some things out. You have to take time to size guys up. 
the, when, when Miles Garrett goes out there to rush Lamar Jackson, he knows who he's going up against. He knows, you know, what, what they're going to try to do to him. Like, and I, I, you know, I think I, I never want to play AFC West foes in the playoffs if we can help it for that very reason. They just always give you a good game. So if I think if I'm Baltimore, I don't want to run into Cleveland Browns. And it, frankly, if I'm the Chiefs, I don't want to run into the Browns either because they're very good against the tight end. And the, the Chiefs need Kelsey to get going. That's that's a team uh, I'd be more worried about the Browns than maybe anybody else in the playoffs. I just think it's a bad matchup for Kansas City. You know what the funny thing is? I think there's a very, very good chance that the divisional round is going to be Cleveland at Baltimore and Kansas City at Buffalo. That yeah. would be one hell of a weekend. And on the NFC side, I think it might be Philly at Dallas and the Rams at the Niners. Like, yeah. You would, I got to tell you, in those four games, and you could tell me either team wins, I wouldn't be surprised, including the Rams beating the 49ers. Like, it, you know, it would be fascinating. Obviously, the Chiefs and the Bills have all this history, the, and, and the other three games are all divisional games. I mean, even though the Chiefs and the Bills aren't a divisional game, it feels like one at this point. They see each other constantly. Like, it would be – there's no secrets in any of those games, and nobody's going to be intimidated by the other team. I mean, you know, if you're Cleveland, you would play them all the time. Afraid of them, like you beat them there already. You know, obviously Baltimore is not going to be afraid. The Bills are going to look at the Chiefs and go, "Hey, listen, you know, we've beaten you three out of the last four times we've seen you." And the Chiefs would go, "That's great." In the two playoff games we've seen you, we beat the brakes off you once. In the other game, you choked like dogs with 13 seconds left. Like we feel like we can win. <laughs> and then, yeah. and God knows they'd want revenge for the Tony game, and the Bills would want to prove they could beat them. I, it would be fascinating. Eagles and Cowboys goes without saying. Niners and Rams. I mean, you know, the Rams have. Always had weird games with the Niners with McVay and Shanahan because they know each other so well. Those would be, I got to tell you, of all the teams in the NFC, if I'm the Niners, the last one I want to see is the Rams. They kill the Cowboys. The Eagles have no defense. The Lions have no defense. Like the last team I want if I'm the Niners is LA going in there. It's just yeah. a weird game. It's a weird football game if I'm the Niners. But I think there's a very realistic shot that might be. The divisional round. And if it is, you could tell me anything about those four games and I could see it going that way. It really would be wide open. Yeah. And and, and I see some people in the chat saying, well, hey, you know, no way that the, the Dolphins beat the Bills. And the way the Dolphins are playing right now and the injuries, they probably won't. But I, I did not think – I did not think Cincinnati was going to beat Buffalo in the playoffs last year. I, I thought Buffalo was better. They had been playing well, and they were at home in the snow. And not only did Buffalo not win, they got humiliated. And so that that should be humble pie for anybody whose team's going to be in the playoffs. That can happen to you. Just ask the Patriots what the Ravens did to them in that playoff game a few years back. Remember that? Patriots' big favorites. Ravens came in and ran yep. it right down our throat, like pretty much the first play of the game for a touchdown. Yeah, like that was years ago. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe it. Eight years ago. Um, oh man. Well, it's, look, it's, I, it's I would, one game. I would say this. I mean, I think the Bills are going to beat the Dolphins. By the same token, this is kind of like the classic game with the Bills over the years, where look, like look at the last month. They went to they, they went to Kansas City. And it was like, okay, they might win, they might lose. It ended up being a game that went right down to the wire. Okay, fair enough. Then they they go play Dallas. They smoke Dallas. You're like, oh my God, they got the Chargers and the Pats. Like they're gonna kick. It took to 30 seconds left for them to win on a field goal. 
And then Allen puts on like a disaster class with the receivers in New England. They can't score. They can't do anything. Actually, not New England. In Buffalo against New England. New England had four first-half turnovers, including a pick six. That game came down to the fourth quarter where New England had the ball and down six. Like, I think Buffalo will beat Miami. Miami's beat the crap. I got to be honest. I also think Miami's just to a point like, it's why I think the Chiefs should beat them in a playoff game. They're just shot. They have so many injuries. I just think they're kind of overwhelmed at this point. At the same point, this is the kind of the game where you look at the Bills and go, I don't know. They could win by 30. I could also see Allen throwing two picks and losing a fumble. And Tyree Kill is 170 yards. And you're like, yeah, you know what? Miami beat them because that's just the way it's gone for the Bills in big spots. I could also see this being a game with the Bills where they win by 30. And they play the Colts next weekend, and Minshew's and, and Minshew's also a buck twenty, but Taylor is for two hundred. Like, I I think the Bills are a very good, dangerous football team, but they're they're a lot like the Chiefs this year. They're all over the place. I don't know how you can look at either Buffalo or Kansas City and go, yeah, I feel great about them. <laughs> like, have you watched this season? So yeah. very interesting, very fascinating. I do think the Bills win, but I wouldn't be shocked if Miami won again. Yeah, they're both ten and six. There's a reason they're both ten and six. I would say you could you could. That Miami team is dangerous. They're coming off a really humiliating loss. So I, I don't know, man. I, I just yeah. When they're healthy, they're really dangerous. Good. They're just, I mean, they are so beat up. Waddle can't even practice. Hill's in a walking boot when he's not at practice. He's at house just did you see that yeah, story about it's his terrible. House? It's how yeah, it's how they're saying it's an accidental. I guess a kid set the house on fire with a lighter, which uh, why a kid has a lighter, I don't know, but okay. Um Connor Williams, out for the year for the Dolphins. Bradley Chubb, 11 and a half sacks, gone for the year. Jalen Phillips, our other big edge rusher, gone for the year. Xavier Howard's week-to-week with a foot injury. He couldn't put any pressure on his foot in Baltimore. That doesn't sound like he's coming back at 100% anytime soon if he comes back at all. Mostert can't practice right now. Who knows, even if he comes back in the play, is he healthy? Can he move? You know, it's just... It's just one of those things like you'll look at it and go, I just look at Miami. And then the other question, too, is like if they go to the if they go to Arrowhead, do you really think Tua is going in there and win that game? And it's not even a knock so much on Tua as it is on like that team in general. Like it's just, I don't know, man. That feels like a lot. Like that feels like, and I would say the same thing if they were going to Baltimore or Buffalo. Like I just, if they went to Jacksonville, which they can't, they they, they would if they lose, they're going to Kansas City. Like I go, okay, maybe, but like, uh, I don't know, man. Like Miami on the road in any of these playoff games at a cold place, like. I don't love them, especially with all these injuries. Don't don't love the way they're looking. If you could hand pick how that Buffalo Miami game is going to turn out, as a Chiefs fan who wants the easiest road, sure possible for the Chiefs to get the back to the Super Bowl, who would you who would you want to win that game? Uh, Miami, for one reason, I think the Chiefs would almost walk to the AFC title game if 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 if. They execute like even reasonably, which with them is a massive if this year. Um, because if they if the Dolphins were to win, it's not even so much that the Bills are out, although the Bills I do think pose a real threat to the Chiefs. Um, it would be that the Chiefs would, of course, still be the three. They would play the winner of Houston, Indianapolis, which I respect both those teams. I really do. But Houston's another team. They're beat to hell. They're missing a million guys. Like, and either one of them. I do think there's a little bit of like, hey, happy to be there. We're like with the Chiefs. It's going to be like, this is the beginning of our season. I think they would win that game. 
Miami, I think, would beat Pittsburgh, even though I like Miami's beat the hell. I just don't think Pittsburgh's got the goods. I don't think they're, they're good enough to beat them. And I think the Chiefs going to Miami, what do they care if they got to go to Miami? It's not like it's a like brutal place to play, right? I mean, I think the Chiefs would win the game. I just think Miami – and I would say the same thing if Cleveland went to Miami, if Buffalo went to Miami. Like, I just – I think Miami's kind of a dead team walking at the moment. It's just bad timing with all the injuries they have. I think the Chiefs would end up playing the Baltimore in the AFC title game or Cleveland. And I think that, you know, so I think that's the easier road. Um, I think you don't have to feel that way, right? I mean, do do you disagree? No, and I would rather, just from a playoff experience standpoint, you know, Tua going into a playoff game, Josh Allen, the Bills, they've been through it. They've got experience. They've played in big games before, a lot of big games. They've lost a lot of them, but. I would rather go up against the less experienced team in those situations um, if I'm Kansas City. And and I think, you know, with all due respect to Tua, who's played really well at times, Josh Allen's a much better quarterback. Uh, and he can he can do more things. So, you know, it, whenever you play the Bills, it's just – it's really tough because Allen's mobility allows him to extend plays. It can be maddening. He made that incredible pass on the sideline against the Chiefs, and they had him dead to right. So – He's one of those quarterbacks, just like Lamar, like Mahomes, where you can do everything right and it still doesn't matter. He'll find a way to get that first down and extend a drive. Whereas Tua, I think that if you can take away his weapons and get pressure on him, he's just a more limited quarterback. Well, yeah, I mean, look, Allen is is a is a bull in the pocket, man. I mean, he and obviously out of the pocket, he can run, he can take. You have to account for his legs on every play, every single play. Allen. You know, is one of those guys, frankly, like, you know, like Lamar is with his legs. I mean, Lamar more than anybody, but like Mahomes is when he can extend the play. Like, if we're being honest, those types of guys, you, I mean, you always have to account for that. That guy might just take off. You can cover everybody perfectly on third and seven, and it doesn't matter. Two is not going anywhere. Like, two is not taking off. He's not rushing for yardage. So, you know, with him, you know where he's going to be. Now, the one thing with the Dolphins, they can run the hell out of the football. That scares you. You respect that. And Tyree Kill is amazing. But if you look at the Dolphins, realistically, like right now, obviously removing Chubb and Phillips because they're hurt. The guy that's leading the team in sacks is Zach Sealer, who's an excellent DT, nine and a half. And Christian Wilkins has eight. That's a great push inside. But if you're the Chiefs, you're like, we'll take that all day long. I'd rather your, your passers be inside than outside. The Chiefs have two Pro Bowl offensive linemen in the inside, and the other one's an alternate. Like, you, you're you fine with that. The best edge rusher they have left is, like, Van Ginkle with six, who's really not even a true edge, and then, like, Ogbo with five. You're not, you're not that scared of Miami's rush. And then Hill is amazing. Everybody in Kansas City understands that and knows that. But, like, the last three games, he hasn't had 100 yards receiving. He's not, he's not 100%. He's hurt. I mean, so it just changes everything. Like, their offense does scare you, of course. And Tua is thrown for 4,400 yards this year. But a lot of that stuff with Tua is very prepackaged. If you can take them off their spot a little bit, if you can take away that first read, if they just, they're just they a totally different football team. And they, and they do not want to play physically. At Kansas City, to their credit, they will get physical with you. They, they don't. The Chiefs are happy to play finesse if they can, but they will play physically. Miami does not want to play a physical football game. It's just not their style of football. 
Yeah, absolutely. John, uh, Joshua Clayton says, I'm surprised they didn't run the ball more last game when the Chiefs played them. I think we'll get a heavy dose of the run. Uh, they'd better be ready to stop it. I, I do think when the Chiefs put their minds to, to stopping the run, they can do it. Um, and that is how teams are going to try to attack them in these playoffs, that they know what that's the weakness of the Chiefs. So Chiefs know that. Chiefs have been dealing with that a whole second half of the season. We'll see how it goes. Um, it's going to be a fascinating week. All right. We are going to do a, a very brief preview of this Chiefs at Chargers game. Uh, Blaine Gabbert versus Easton Stick. The stakes are high. There it is. That's it. Preview's over. <laughs> um, it's Look, because Mahomes, we know Mahomes is sitting. L.A. is minus three and a half favorites in this game with a, uh, a just a, a mouth-watering over-under of 35 points in this one. Um there are a couple storylines to, to touch on. On the injury report, by the way, f- for the Chiefs, um, there was some good news yesterday, which was that Donovan Smith, who's been dealing with a neck injury, was a full participant in Wednesday's practice, did not practice today. Right. I don't know if he had a, a setback. It could have just been, hey, we're easing this guy back in because they're, they're not going to play him, right? So um, it could have just been a, 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 a day for him to rest. We'll see. It was uh, unspecified about his game status. Um, we had uh, Chris Jones not practicing. Uh, he's got a groin issue. I'm sure they're just resting him. Isaiah Pacheco has a quad in the shoulder. He was a DNP on Wednesday, was limited on Thursday. I don't think he plays in this game, but they're probably just trying to keep everybody loose is my guess. Rasheed Rice did not practice with a hamstring. You know how hamstring injuries can be. No reason to make him run around on that thing. With with a hamstring injury, so he's sitting. Sneed with a calf, same deal. Did not practice. Out. Kelsey has been has a neck injury and has been limited. Uh, both practices this week. So that that's the main thing we wanted to talk about today is old Travis Kelsey and his sixteen yards. I, mean, I, I don't want to dismiss anything. I'm pretty sure this injury report this week. You can breathe easy. Like yeah. it, it just so happens that. All the best players on this team who left the game perfectly fine Sunday, all of a sudden, oh, you know, Rice, a little bit of a hamstring. Oh, they, I mean, they just don't want to play him. Like, they're not going to play these guys. So, like, I not. I, oh, you I, had some guys full participants. McDuffie is a full participant. Mahomes full yeah, participant. Yeah, not playing. I mean, but like, like maybe Rice is some little minor. Like, he's, he's fine. He's going to play. Like, it's they're not they're not rushing anybody out there this week. Now, Kelsey's the one that you look at. And go, all right, I mean. My guess is they're going to get him his 16 yards and he's going to be out of that game as quick as humanly possible. That would be my guess. I think this is going to be like, hey, Blaine, Kelsey's going to run the route at 17 yards every play. And at some point when you see him, just wail it in there. We don't care if you get picked off seven times. Just get it in there and get it done. Um, I mean, if you're the Chiefs, let's just be honest. You, You don't care about this football game. You don't care. Like this game, you're trying to see some of the backups and younger guys. Like you know, I mean, this game, this game means nothing to them. Nothing. You know, the guys who are in there are going to play hard. I'm sure, but like, th- nobody in this game is like, hey, this really means a ton. I mean, this is a game that both teams are going to be more than happy to be done with. The Chargers can go home for the year, and the Chiefs can get ready for the playoffs. So you do think they'll put no? Andy Reid was non-committal about it. 
you think they'll put Travis Kelsey out there, have him be active, and try to get him his his thousand yard season? Yes, I do. I I don't think they're going to do it. Like, like I don't think it's going to be something where if he doesn't have it in the first two drives, I'm just going to keep playing him all game long. Like at some point, I think you're going to get a lot of like, hey man, we're going to try to get you a couple of quick reps, some some you know some routes designed for you, get you open against what is an atrocious defense, and then hey. Bing, bing, bing! Seventeen yards the hell out of the game. Now, if he's out there for more than two series, I'd be surprised. I, but I and I, and I think it's going to be routes. So they're going to basically tell him catch the ball and either get out of bounds or go down. I don't think they want him fighting for yardage in this game. That would be uh, that I think would be kind of the way this goes. I could be wrong. You don't think they they open with a screen to him, get him six, seven yards, do that a couple times, they're done. Maybe, maybe. I mean, I. I could see a couple of quick outs and stuff and like him just, you know, or maybe even one where they go over the middle, but they just tell him like catch it and go down. I mean, I just don't think I I would be surprised. And, and there is a world where I, Andy might just say, Travis, like you've been hurt all year long, man. You're sitting. Sorry. That's the way it is. But my guess, they're going to find a way to get him those 16 yards. It's the kind of coach Andy Reid is. He knows it, Kelsey's not going to say it because he's a team first guy. He wants it. But of course it, it's, it. yeah. It's 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 a legacy thing. Nobody's ever done it. He's adding to it. Um, what about Chris Jones? Chris Jones, I think, needs half a sack to get a contract incentive. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure the, the the Chiefs front office is in no hurry to get him out there to <laughs> get that money after this whole summer. Do you think they play him at all? And and how do you think he feels about that if they make him an active? I don't think they're going to play him. Yeah. I don't. And I think he's rich enough that he can probably just kind of chuckle. But, you know, I don't, and maybe the Chiefs even say, hey, look, we're not going to play you, but we're going to give you the incentive because, you, you know, you, whatever. You came close enough. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be really interesting. I mean, you're talking about an offseason, but, man, hopefully, you know, we don't get to for a while here. But, boy, it's just going to be an interesting offseason with them. They got a lot of decisions to make on some very important players, and he's one of them. He's one of them. You know, we're doing a thing over at SI. We're going to rank the top 50 free agents. And um, I'm working on that piece with Gilberto Manzano. And and as part of the story, we're asking people around the league, um, agents specifically, like, what is your projection for this guy's contract? And, you know, Chris Jones, let's just say it's not going to be cheap. Let's just put it that way. It's going to be interesting. And he's, he's, it's pretty high on that list. So, you know, listen, he's <laughs> he's got a lot of money to make, and I'll, I'll be very curious to see how he how pays, whether it goes in Kansas City's uh, cap sheet or somewhere else. You know, in this game, it's going to be basically a preseason game, and even though the Chargers may be playing some starters still, guys like Keenan Allen, you're not going to see him. Joey Bosa, there's no reason for them to, to play in a game like this because it's meaningless for them as well. But are there any Chiefs? In this sort of preseason spirit, guys you haven't got to see as rookies, guys like Justin Ross, is there anybody that you are excited to see get some reps in a in a game with some stakes, a little bit more than a preseason game where they're going up against better competition? Uh, and a DK Uzama. I'd like to see him. Um, I, I think you know, that would be interesting. You know, I... P. Ryan, maybe a little bit of him. Like, what do we see out of him? Um, obviously, Justin Ross. I mean, those are kind of a couple guys I have my eye on. That'll be interesting to see how they play. 
the chat really wants MVS to play every snap, it seems like. I got to tell you, I look forward to him not even playing it down in this game because I know that's what's coming. <laughs> They're going to treat him like he's Jerry Rice. So <laughs> you just know. Like, you know that yeah. that's just going to happen. Like, it's just, that's, yeah, I've accepted it already into my heart. Uh, all right, let's get to our game prediction. Oh, one, one more question really quickly. Yes. Blaine Gabbert. Now, I know nobody cares about Blaine Gabbert. Nobody ever wants to see Blaine Gabbert on, on the field for the Chiefs. But in each of the Chiefs' Super Bowl runs, backup quarterback came into play in important, important moments. True. Things can happen. If the Chiefs lose Mahomes for the playoffs, they ain't winning the Super Bowl. But if the Chiefs lose Mahomes for a quarter because of a concussion or something like that where he can't come back in the game and play, Blaine Gabbert is damn important. We only saw him briefly this year in the blowout against Chicago. He threw a couple picks. You know, didn't look great. Still has a big arm. Um, how how much attention are you going to pay to him? Where knowing that hey, it's it's happened every time that he could come in and play very meaningful minutes for them in a playoff game. Not much in the sense that if if he has to come in, my my pain is so deep that at that point I've hit rock bottom. Like I I just you know I, I can't even go there mentally. I will tell you though. When Chad Henney engineered a 98-yard drive last year in that playoff game, yeah. very rarely during a game do I ever just go, yeah, this game's over. When he did that, I, I obviously you didn't know Mahomes' injury extent at that point, but I was like, I don't know what's going to happen after this. They're winning this football game. Like, this is – that's going to be the most devastating thing that's ever happened to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like, 98 yards on your face all the way down the field. I'm like, oh, my God, man. Yeah. Like – no, it's true, though. I mean, you know, listen, Gabbert, if you see him, it's a big problem. But, yeah, you'd like to see him go out and play, you know, reasonable football this weekend. I, I would argue that for him, he for if you're a Chiefs fan, this is the, he's the most meaningful player that's going to be out there because this is yeah, a great situation for him. If he were to be needed in spot duty, he's not getting reps in practice. He's not getting live game action. So for the last game of the season, for him to get out there – and basically get a scrimmage against some starters from the Chargers, it could serve him well as opposed to if the Chiefs needed to win this game and he was on the bench and then he got called into action. He hasn't seen the field since August. Uh, well, I guess September or October, whenever the hell they played the Bears. Um, so there's there's some value here. Got, there's there's value, just like it was, there was value for Mahomes getting his first start in, in the last week of the season, FAU getting extended playing time, there's some value, and I think that's the way you, you want to watch this game if you're a Chiefs fan. Watch it like a preseason game, like you're scouting. Watch guys you want to see run around and play out there and, and take your enjoyment from that, not necessarily the final score. But speaking of, what do you got in this one, Verderam? How's it going to shake out? You know what the funny thing is? I actually yeah. think the Chiefs are going to win the game. I don't, I'm with you. I, I mean, everybody saw my yeah, other backups. Have you seen the Chargers? The whole damn team's <laughs> a bunch of backups. They're terrible. They're missing everybody. I actually think the Chiefs are going to win the game anyway, which is ridiculous. But I do. I, do. I think it's going to be like 23 to like 17. And they're going to win. I I never picked that when their backups are in because, like, why would you pick them to win the game? But L.A. is missing so many guys. They're basically playing their backups. I think the Chiefs are just better than them. Like, I get why the line's three and a half for the Chargers because people just look, oh, Mahomes isn't playing. Okay, fine. I get that. Like, I think there's a real world in this game where Gabbard throws for, like, 270. I really do. So, we just watched Jared Stidham pants to Chargers. Okay? Um, 
wouldn't be shocked the Chiefs lose, but I actually think Chiefs are going to win because I think the Chargers are so embarrassing. And, Mike, you want to talk about teams just waiting to play golf? They're it. So, yeah, yeah I'll take the Chiefs. I'm going to take the Chiefs, too, 24 to 16. Uh, I think Gabbert's going to use that big arm, and I think he's going to target Justin Ross a lot, and I think that's going to be exciting for some people. And we'll see how it all shakes out. Um, but uh, I'm kind of interested to see that connection as well. Okay, really quickly, before we get out of here, Patty's power rankings. I think we've done this with Dairy Queen blizzards before, but we've never just done it straight up. Vertoram, give me your top three ice cream flavors. Okay, top three ice cream flavors. So I'm not going to delve into like the real specialty ones because I feel like then you're just kind of going crazy. Like I'm talking mainstream here. Um, okay. Because, by the way, I don't know if you've ever had this. Have you ever – I, I, I don't know if it's in Ohio. It's in New York, everywhere. Perry's ice cream? Never had Perry's, oh, no. God, stuff's unbelievable, man. And they make yeah. this, like, peanut butter chip. Oh. But, all right. Number one, I'm going I'm going chocolate chip cookie dough. I, if, it's, if it's on the list, I'm having it. Um, my favorite. Love it. Um, number two, I think this counts as being, like – like just straight like moose tracks um yeah that's, that's mainstream enough. yeah okay love moose tracks you can even argue that at number one but i'll put chocolate chip cookie dough since it's kind of a traditional one and then third um i do like just regular plain jane vanilla bean but i'll go uh just want to make sure i'm not forgetting one i'll go cookies and cream i like a good cookies and cream um with with uh chocolate mint chip uh getting the uh or mint chocolate chip, getting the, the honorable mention. A mint guy. Okay. All right. Uh, all respectable choices. Number three for me, it's chocolate, straight up chocolate. Uh, it gets overlooked. Everybody uses vanilla to make sundaes and things like that. But you can do some – and you throw some peanut butter on, on some chocolate ice cream, it's a good time. And it's I just for me, it's the godfather of, of, of all ice cream flavors is chocolate. Um, number two. For me, it's it's cookies and cream. Um, absolutely fantastic. Get those little bits of Oreo in there. And then number one, I'm with you. It's chocolate chip cookie dough. I think you're I think there's something wrong with you if you're like, I don't like chocolate chip cookie yeah, sure, dough. Sure. I, yeah, um, it's unbelievable. It's so are you familiar again? Another thing that was like in New York, New Jersey thing, I think. You ever go to Friendly's as a kid? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, the Reese's Pizza, you could the Reese's Pieces Sunday. Oh, yeah. oh god. Yeah, yeah, it could change your life. So yeah, yeah. I um I used to go all the time when I was a kid. Now, now there's like barely any still in existence, which is what that's why this country's gone to crap. Okay. It's yeah, oh, yeah. around. But yeah. in any event, so and for people who aren't familiar with friendly, it's like Culver's, like it's kind of like something like that. So they used to do this thing when I was, God, I was probably in college, man, late high school into college, called it a crowd pleaser. It's a 12 scoop Sunday. And you had to get, I think it was like at least six different flavors. And if you ate it, in 12 minutes or less, you got it for free. Now, I never did this because as much as I love to eat, I'm not like a fast eater. It's just not my deal. I had a one of my best friends, uh, also named Mallory, we called him Big Cat, big, big strapping guy. He would go and be here, give me, give me the crowd pleaser. And if you did it in under 12 minutes, I don't know if you get it for free. They put you on the wall, like the wall thing. Man went on the wall thing twice at two different ones in our local area. And then one of our other buddies, um, kid who's built like a string bean, played goalie actually on our on our ice hockey team. He went in and he's like, "I'll I'll do it." And we were up in Lake George. We were at the Six Flags Park up in Lake George, New York. 
one night we go out to the friendlies. He gets a crowd pleaser. And we're like, there's no way. There's no way you're eating this. You're 160 pounds soaking wet. The man finished it with like three seconds to spare. We go back to the hotel. Now, mind you, it's like four guys worth 20. So it's a total flop house. We got two queen beds. We got a pull-out couch. Like one of us is on the floor. JJ, kid who did this, is in the bathroom just laying on the tile floor and like in between moans of just being in severe intestinal discomfort. You could just hear him like, oh, why, God? Why? And like he, he's just in the bathroom all night. So the next morning we go to IHOP and we're sitting there. And like the other three of us are ordering our, our breakfast. And the waitress looks at him and just goes, God, you look like you had a rough night. And he, I'm in still, I'm in so much pain. The whole day we were riding these, these roller coasters. He, he couldn't do anything. He just walked around with us the entire yeah. time. But it was great. He did finish it. He got on the wall. That moron's on the wall, Lake George, if it's still around. But it was, uh, it was impressive. Stomach issues like that will shut you down, man. He was oh. wrecked. I've never yeah. heard somebody in so much physical pain all yeah. night, all night yeah. long. He did it though. He, he he took care of business. Yeah, I I could I could if I could get through the brain freeze, I could probably do that in ten minutes. I love ice cream. Um, all right, everybody, thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. Uh, we're gonna be back. Verram's gonna be back with us this weekend uh, for a little bit after the game. We'll we'll, we'll have him break down Easton Stick. For a few minutes, um, and then he'll go go drink Clorox. Yeah. Um, <laughs> shout out to all of our members. This is the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. If you want to become a member of our community, join our private Discord, play in our fantasy football league, which I am winning in the championship. Got one more one more matchup to go. Um, check out the link in the description. We'd love to get to know you all. Um, have you join the community and talk Chiefs with you? And of course, you support this great Chiefs content we're trying to bring you. Uh, thank you to Matt Verran from Sports Illustrated for joining us. Make sure you head over to si.com to read all of his stuff and the rest of the teams over there. Thank you to producer Richard for keeping this thing running. My name is Patrick Allen. We will see you this weekend when the Chiefs go play Easton Stick. But until then, as always, go Chiefs. you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.